Turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter 1, and go ahead and write down in your notes John chapter 3. We probably won't get there this morning. I'm beginning a new series, and it's called, very simply, Who Am I? What I am looking out in this sanctuary to, I'm looking at amazing God, Holy Spirit, gifted people. Every one of you have gifts and callings of God. The Bible says the callings of God are without repentance. In other words, um, it is a call that you received before the foundation of the world. Ephesians chapter 1 says that. And you have an innate ability to minister the gospel of Jesus Christ in many different facets and many different ways. Many of you minister the gospel in your work, in your business. You minister in many different ways, and you bring people in, and you lead them to Christ. And that is so vital and so important. You're going to see the vibrancy of marketplace ministry is going to just flood Valley Community Church with with principles of Scripture and moving out and and touching our communities for Jesus Christ. And, And so... As I look out, I am seeing people that God is chasing after. I want you to know that wherever you go, wherever you've been, God's chasing after you. He's not chasing after you because uh, you've done some unpardonable sin or or anything like that. He's chasing after you because he just stinking loves you. And I said it that way because I want to get your, your attention here. I want you to understand that your God loves you And wherever you've been, that does not matter. The blood of Jesus Christ has cleansed you. If you've confessed Jesus Christ as Lord, all your sins have been cleansed. And now you can walk in this righteousness. God chases after you because his plan is to have intimate relationship with you, to be able to do the work and love the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him should have life everlasting. Now, Let me just further that statement, and we'll be covering that later on, probably next time together, but let me just say this to you, and then through that, through your redemption, now you have this great ability to do the same thing, invite people to Christ, invite people to know Christ and to to recognize who Christ is uh, in their life, and to tell people who are confused about their identity. Tell people who are confused about what's good or what's bad, tell them that there is a God who is good, and when you go to him, he will talk to you. He will walk with you, and he will lead you and guide you, and you don't even have to worry about choosing bad or good because God is good. He'll only lead you into good. So as we learned in our last series, is that we hear the voice of God, and we follow the voice of God, and we gave you this this pamphlet here, and you will do this, and you will begin to do things that you never dreamed that you could, no matter how young or no matter how old you are. I know a lot of us uh, use your phones or your iPads for your scripture, and that's awesome. We always have the scripture on the screen, Unless it is stated differently, I always use New King James Version. So if you're going to follow along with me and read with me, then um, that's usually what I use unless 
um, I will tell you that I'm using another type of uh, translation. Now, this new series, again, is called Who Am I? And this series answers the question, why God created me? Why did God create you? The bottom line of this series is to emphasize who God created me to be, not do. I'm going to say that again. Who God created me to be, not do. When God created you, he created you because there he wants this intimacy relationship with you, and it is not something that you have to try to figure out. It is one of the most easiest things you can do in your walk in your Christianity is have relationship with God, because through Jesus Christ, he made it available to all of us. God is more concerned by what he created you to be or who you are than what you do. Why I am bringing this out, of course, Scripture says this, but why I'm bringing this out, because many Christians today or people that are searching for God today are concerned about, if I become a Christian, can I do what I'm supposed to do? I don't know if I can change. Or a Christian will say, you know, I've done so much, but I just don't feel like I've done enough. I just feel like a, a failure, you know, that when I do things, it just doesn't work out. And, and we measure our worth by what we have or what we've accomplished. And we don't measure our worth by what God created us to be. And by the way, you were created in God's heart before the foundation of the earth. So you couldn't do anything to mess it up. Amen. You are important for the kingdom of God. The world is, is in utter chaos because they're looking for what's right, what's wrong, what's good, what's bad. My identity, all these different things. When God just created you, and if you understand what God did when he created you, then you'll understand perfectly who you are. Now, let me say it this way. It doesn't mean that we don't do anything, but it means we do out of who we are. Everything that we do must be done from the understanding of who we are and what God created us to be. So let's say it in another way. We are not human doings. I'm pausing there. We are not human doings, we're human beings. And we spend most of our life trying to do and prove ourselves when God says, if you will become the being that I created you to be, you'll be perfected. But much of the time we focus on the doing and we get anxious when we don't do. I just don't feel like I'm doing enough. I'm just not worthy enough to do that. Someone asked me to, to work in the children's ministry. I just don't feel worthy of it. What? You are a creation of God. And when God calls you and appoints you, you are worthy to do this. 
when, you know, we think we should do more. Sometimes we can't sleep because of what we have to do tomorrow. Or we can't sleep because of what we didn't do yesterday. I'm telling you, God created you to be, not to do. Now, we've been proclaiming for Valley Community every year. We proclaim something that God says of of our focus of the year. And our focus of this year was a year of outreach. When we catch the principle of a human being created to be, it satisfies your soul. I see so many Christians who are not satisfied. I don't mean that you're not working hard to better yourself, and that's not what Scripture talks about. But we're just not satisfied because we really don't understand God created us, and he created us to be something. Let me just uh, say this. You're something in the kingdom of God. And you just need to understand what God created you to be. The question we should ask when we come to church is this. When I come to Valley Community Church, what do they want me to become? Now, to some of you, you might think, that's kind of a cultish question. Do they run my life? No, Valley Community doesn't run your life. We're not a cult, but we're a family. And a family is supposed to be a certain way. So let me now begin to describe to you, and we're going to use these terminologies uh, along with our, our pillars like leadership and healing and, and discipleship. And, and uh, you know, you see the others worshiping the others in, in the, the foyer. We, we need to catch this principle of being a human being and being a church. Here is our family. First of all, we are to believe in Jesus. Second of all, we are to belong to family. You belong to family. Become a follower. And last, build God's kingdom. So the words are believe, belong, become, and build. So here's the main question. So what does God expect of me? Here's the answer. God wants you to believe. We're going to talk about that today and next week. He wants you to belong. I have tears in my eyes sometimes when I read things and and I watch things and people just don't feel like they belong. He wants you to belong. But you can't belong unless you know who you are. And who you are is the way God created you to be, not the way man says that you are. God wants you to become. And he wants you to build. So my first point here, and three series ago that I used this point, and I want to reiterate it, the Holy Spirit is really bringing this to us. God created us with a purpose. And you can't find your purpose until you understand what you were created to be. 
Some of you go into a, to a shop and you see this machinery, and some of you go look at it and say, what in the world is that? And then some guys, oh, well, come on over here. I'll show it to you. This is called, and this is what it does. So in a simplistic way, church, God has created you with a purpose, but you need to know what he created you to be. And I'm asking you to get your emergency brake and pull on it a little bit, slow down a little bit with the doing and that feeling of not worthy enough because you're not doing enough. And I want you to get to a place where now your major focus is your purpose. Your major focus is what did God create you to be? In conclusion, when you find out what you're created to be, it's awesome. It's amazing. Hmm. God created us with a purpose, and it speaks of believing in Jesus. And there is one verse in the Bible that I call creation in one verse. And we're going to find believe, belong, become, and build in it. So in Genesis, let me explain this. In Genesis chapter 1, it talks about God creating mankind. It says God created man, but it's not uh, male. It's talking about mankind. The actual Hebrew word talks about mankind. Because if you read the next verse, it says male and female, he created them. Now I'm going to show you the main verse regarding this in Genesis chapter 2. Then he goes into detail how he created the male and how he created the female. You know, basically to create man and to create woman, he fashioned you. So, so anyways, I'm good with that. Men, aren't you good with that? Uh, amen, I'm good with that. So let, let me now show you <laughs> this one verse and the four words are in this verse, believe, belong, become, to build. So let me say it this way. Let's call this at Valley Let's call these the concepts, the concepts. Genesis 1.26, it says, Then God said, let us make man. Let us make man. That's where I get belief. God made us to have a relationship with him. In our last series, relationship is the tuning tool to hear his voice. But relationship comes through faith. And we're going to unpack that in this series. But Genesis 1.20 says, Let us make man believe in our image, belong. We're created in his image, so we belong. God said here, mankind will belong to us and to each other, male and female. So now, if we're created, all created in the image of God, and we belong to God, then all of us are created in the image of God, then we belong to one another. And so when you come to church, you belong. When you come to Valley Community Church, we're all different, different skin colors, different eyes, colors, all the different things, but we belong to one another because what? God created you and me in God's image, and there's something about belonging as a believer. So when you come to Valley we want you to feel that you belong. Hmm. Watch this. This is exciting. 
Then God said, let us make man believe in our image, belong according to our likeness, become. God wants us to become like him. He created you and me to become just like him. Now, let me ask you this. Did God create something, mankind? And did he create what he said in our image? Did he blow it? Did he make a mistake? Did he not do it? Let me ask you this. Did it not happen? It happened. And when we start looking at what God created us to be, well, we must understand that everything that he created from relationship, believing, and getting down here to, to the likeness, we belong, but to the likeness of becoming, that we literally, when we become born again, our spirit, our ability to talk and walk and be with God, we can be like him. I know to some people that's strange, that's crazy, that doesn't make sense because of all our failures, all our mistakes. What we need to recognize, God wants us to become like him, but he created us to be that. Then God said, let them, mankind, have dominion. The word dominion to me is build. And let me put an addendum to that. Write it in your notes. When you build, it's called marketplace. When you are out there in the world and you are working, you have your job, you have your business, you're, you're at the park, you're coaching a baseball team, you're coaching a soccer team, what you need to understand, you are building, you are marketplace. Everything that you are is that you are a believer. You are someone that literally belongs you are someone that has the power to become and also you have the power to build. Every place you set your foot is yours. Every place that you set your hand, that the power of God can move through you. Why? Because this is a purpose of creating mankind. You have an ability to accomplish so much more than you ever dreamed of. And I'm asking God to give you bigger dreams. So let's unfold this. God created us first to believe in him. When you were created, God created you to first believe in him. And when you begin first to believe everything that he says, and I'm gonna explain this believing in him. You know, there are people who say, well, you know what? I believe in God, but I just don't go to church. And I just, will you read the Bible? No, I don't read the Bible because, but I believe in God. I believe there's a higher power and there's a big man upstairs, you know? And I just look at that and I just say, really? And then I feel bad because they really don't know who they are. So God created us first to believe in him to belong in, to him, to become like him, and to build his kingdom. See, God has a way of taking deep truths 
and making it simple. In this series, I'm going to take us where we need to go as a family. So let's start. Let's start now. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the amazing anointing of your word. I proclaim in Jesus' name, no demon in hell can confuse this in people's minds. And I proclaim right now a rest in our spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. God created us to believe in him. What happens is the question is this, is when we stop believing. When I'm I'm talking about stopping believing, I'm not talking about that, no, I don't believe in God anymore. I tried that stuff and it doesn't work. I'm talking about what happens when we stop believing. You don't fall in and out of salvation. Save one day, next day you're not. But here's what I want you to recognize. As believers, you and I go through seasons where we don't believe. It's not about not believing that there's a God. At times we don't believe in an area of life. If we do what the word says, it will produce its fruit. I can't tell you how many times that I've gone to people and they've come with good intentions. They've come with an open heart desiring to get an answer. But they were barking up the wrong tree to get the answer they wanted from last series. What they wanted, they wanted me to agree with them and tell them, yeah, you know, you could do that because you feel that way. But what I would say to them is say, you know, I don't agree with where you are stepping forward into because this is what the Word of God says. This is what God says. But here's where I know where you're having difficulty. I know you believe there's a God. I know you believe there is, you know, God is good. But I want you to hear the point right here. Everyone just hear this with all your heart. The problem is something in their life created hurt, anger, bitterness. Like they saw someone who, quote, was a Christian, not act like a Christian, And so in certain areas of your life, you don't believe God could do it. And it is people who sit here on the front row that can face that too. I'm not talking about how strong you are with God. I'm talking about there are times in your life that you struggle believing God. Oh, other areas, oh, hands down, I mean, God... I've experienced it, God's done this, God's done that, but there, I don't think he's going to do that for me. When God created you and me, he created us to believe. Remember Peter in the Bible, not my son-in-law? Peter had faith to get out of the boat, but when he saw the waves, he stopped believing. Remember that story? The Bible begins to depict that Jesus, is that you? Then bid me to come because if that's you, I want to do exactly what you want to do. I want to belong. I want to become. I want to build with you, Jesus. And Jesus goes, okay, Peter, come. 
<laughs> Here I go. Look, guys, I'm walking. And all of a sudden, the Bible says he, he sees the wind and the waves. And he begins to doubt. What is it saying? He stops believing in that area. Now, I can kind of understand where Peter's coming from. How many of you ever gotten in your pool and tried to walk like Peter? <laughs> it didn't work, did it? But I want to tell you, I get spiritual in Michigan between January and middle of February. I walk on water all the time. We go ice fishing. So. But Peter goes and <laughs> bid me to come. I want to be just like you. Because we do. We want to be like Christ. He says, come. He sees the waves. What's the Bible say? It says that he begins to sink. But in the next few minutes, I want you to hear, we're talking about believing, but I want you to now focus in that our God is faithful. He is faithful to what he's called you to. So I want you to understand there are areas in your life that you're struggling in believing. Matter of fact, you get ticked. Matter of fact, you might be like Peter when they ask, hey, weren't you the one that was with Jesus after the crucifixion? And he cussed him out. And there are areas of your life that you want to cuss people out. You're mad. You're angry. But this is the heart of God always with what he called you to be. Look at the picture. If you feel like there's areas of your life that you can't do things, you feel like there's areas of life that you failed, I want you to understand, when God called you, he's faithful to his word. He's faithful to his heart towards you. He's faithful to your call. He's faithful to the relationship with you. He's faithful. Matter of fact, remember in Genesis, we covered this last series, that when, when Adam sinned, what did he do? He spoke to the enemy and he said, I'm going to come and get them. I'm going to be faithful to my covenant and how I created them to be. Because this creation, what God did, was before the fall. And that's your God reaching into the areas of your unbelief. And say, come on, I'm here. I'm going to help you. Come on, grab my hand. Let's go. Let's do this, because I know what I created you to be. I look at that, and I say, man, Jesus, your hand must be just all watery, because you've had to reach down for me a lot through my 60 years. What we have to understand is God created you with a purpose, and that purpose is to believe. But God's faithfulness is not based on your belief. Are you hearing that? Did I say, oh, go and do whatever you want to do? That's not what I'm saying. You know me well enough. That's not what Scripture says. That's not what I believe either. But here's my point. God's faithful to his word. God's faithful to his actions. 
And his actions was to create you and for you to become exactly what God created you to be. Everything that he created and proclaimed over mankind, you have that ability to do. And we have to rise up. We have to rise up and we need to begin to speak those things to ourselves. Some of us have faced things and done things and we just can't beat it, all that. And I want to tell you, because the problem is if we don't understand we were created just to believe in him. I don't believe in myself until I know who myself is, a child of God. And then I believe in what I am and what I can accomplish because of him. He's faithful. He's just asking you to believe him. How many of you are people of faith? Amen? Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is faithful. Even when you don't believe, Jesus is still faithful to his word. He's just asking you to say, okay, here I am. I know I'm created with this purpose to believe in you. But here's my second point. God created us to believe him first, not second or third. Pastor, what do you mean by that? Most of you know what I mean by that. We go through the doldrum of life and our thoughts and our process of everything, you know, and what we're thinking and what we're going through and how we feel and how we were raised and where we were raised and all the different things. And we get into stuff that really has hurt a lot of people in our world. Then we get into skin color. Then we get into a lot of different things. And what God is saying here is this. I want you to believe me first in what I created you to be, in who you are, and the ability you have to succeed and win in life. I want you to believe in me. doesn't matter what people have said, what people have done or not done, what you've done, what you haven't done. It's not what you do. It's what you're becoming you are a human being, not a human doing. But when you realize first to believe God and understand who you are and begin to believe everything that he says, then what will happen is everything you do, you will hear God, you'll obey God, and you will do good because he's the only good. Are you with me? Genesis chapter 2. Your finger was getting really stiff there holding that. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15 through 17. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree, oh, there's that stinking tree again. Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Okay, do's and don'ts from God. I want us to look at this scripture a little bit different now. We have unpacked it in the last series. But don't look at this as a God, as a God giving rules of do's and don'ts. 
Here's the heart of God. Remember the picture I showed you? Him reaching in the water to grab you? God was giving a warning and said, if you eat of one tree, of the one tree, you're going to die, and I don't want you to die. Some of you have given up on your dreams. Some of you have given up on your, on your desire to do the things that you felt God said. But you made choices and things have gone awry. And I want to tell you, here is God's heart. I don't want the dream and the vision I gave you to die. I, don't, I created you to be. And if you eat of that tree, you will die. But I don't want you. It is a warning. And that's the heart of God today. God's desire was that Adam and Eve simply believed him. You know, they always say the old saying is, you know, this old saying is this. It's not the best. Experience, they say, is the best teacher. Wrong. It's not. It's a cruel teacher. It will teach you. Scripture tells you if you don't obey his voice, you don't follow his word, then he will come with you with experience. And sometimes experience will be a cruel teacher. Well, I know that the word says this, but you know, it's okay. I'm just growing up and I'm just learning and you know, well, and then stuff happens, experience happens, and we're devastated. Understand in that tree of the decision of the tree, God says, I don't want you to experience anything awful because I love you. I want to walk with you every single day. I want to have a relationship with you. I just created you to believe me. You know what the best teacher is? Faith. Believing him. God never wanted Adam to get hurt. He just wanted them to believe. God created you for relationship, and a relationship is by faith believing him. Well, let me give you an example. Ever tell your children not to touch something that's hot? Why did you tell them that? Because I'm going to give you another list of don't. No, you told them that because they're going to get burnt. They would get hurt if they did. You as a parent just wanted them to believe you. Why did you touch that? Why didn't you believe me? You ever been there? <laughs> yeah. Well, let me close with some scriptures. And next time together, we're going to continue, but I will finish with something that I want you to work on this week. Numbers 14.11 says, then the Lord said to Moses, how long will these people reject me? And how long will they not believe me? With all the signs which I have performed among them. Let me say it another way. I've done everything I could to bless them, and they still wouldn't believe me. Deuteronomy 1.32. Where's that place that you're struggling in believing God? That he's really going to do what he says? Could it be a relationship with someone? Could it be bringing a child back home? Could it be a job? Could it be a raise? Deuteronomy 132. Yet for all that, and before 
that scripture, for all that God did for them, you did not believe the Lord your God. Deuteronomy 9.23. They were right there at, at uh, the boundary of the promised land. Likewise, when the Lord sent you from Kadesh Barnea, saying, go up and possess the land which I have given you, then you rebelled against the commandment of the Lord your God, and you did not believe him nor obey his voice. So this thing about, I think everybody there would say, yeah, there's a God. We, we've seen the manna, we've seen the quail, we've seen all, there's a God, he's, he's there, I believe in him. But there are areas of their life that they didn't believe because of hurt and anger and frustration and what someone else did. The reason we don't obey is because in that area, we don't believe. If you want to fix something in your life, believe God first. And match your life to what you're believing. I'm going to ask that we'd all stand and I'm going to give you some easy homework. The area that is hurting you or bothering you the most in your life. I want you through this whole week to not just think about it, but to ask God about it. What does he say you were created to be in that area? And why don't you believe it? Why don't you believe that he can give you that new job? Is it because you feel like you're not good enough? Well, if you feel like you're not good enough, then you're not, you don't believe that God created you with an amazing purpose. It all goes back to the same thing. It has nothing to do with how good you are, how bad you are. Has nothing to do with how smart you are. Has nothing to do with what type of education you got. Education's not God. Education is something God gave that's good. What it is, is that in areas of our life, we really don't believe God created us to be that. And we fight it with every fiber of our being. And as your pastor, see some new folks today, welcome. I'd love to be your pastor. I will lead you to the Word of God. I will teach you the Word of God. I will lead you to a God that loves you. But here's my statement to you. As your pastor, I'm looking out at the most amazing, the most gifted, an ability to be anointed, to conquer anything that has come against you. Your battle's not against people, it's against spiritual things. 
I'm looking out at a congregation. By the way, there's another group just like you in the first service. By the way, there's another group this afternoon in the third service. If you know people speak Spanish only, bring them over. Or if they speak Spanish and English and German, bring them over. Pastor Angel is awesome. But hear my heart. You can do this thing. Because God created you. You are a human being. You are created in his image and his likeness. And you have the power to succeed, to build. That's who you are. Can you join hands with those next to you? I know it's about 100 degrees outside. In Jesus' name. Devil, I come against you in Jesus' name. And I proclaim no demon in hell can hinder mankind. Those who have called Jesus Christ as Lord. We've been released to do great things in the kingdom. We've been released in the church. We've been released in the marketplace, which basically are one of the same, to do kingdom work. Lord, bless them. Bless their business. Bless their jobs. Bless their friendships. Bless their relationships. Bless their homes. Bless their marriages. Bless their families. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. Bless their bank accounts. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Last thing I want to say to you, and let's just clap before the Lord. Be healed in Jesus' name. Let's give the Lord an awesome applause.